welcome back to the Win Big Podcast. This is Tyler here with Stephen and Zane. This is our first Thursday Thoughts. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, we appreciate the uh, the success we've had so far and you guys support. Um, we love it. We appreciate it. Keep tuning in. This is also brought to you by Ballet Training Gloves. Train like a pro. Um, and speaking of pro, how about our last guest, Tyler Gillum? That was absolutely unbelievable. If you have not had a chance to listen to that podcast, you really have to go back and listen to that. It was just unbelievable. Uh, what did you think about it, Zane? Uh, Tyler's just—he's a dude, man. He's—you—we couldn't have asked—I couldn't ask of anything to go better than that. Just oh. the information and just everything that he had to offer, and just just open it up and just, you know, that that's my whole, my, my vision behind this podcast. When we got together and decided we wanted to do this, it was having people like that, that had a message like he has. And then just the information that he was, you know, the stories that he had, um, you know, just his journey through baseball and how he got to where he got to on top of, just now him being a guardian and a steward of the game and trying to pay that forward and for the next generation. Oh, that, um, that, that was my day. I was telling somebody earlier, like it doesn't matter if you're a baseball guy, a business person, a player, a coach, it doesn't matter that podcast you have to go back and listen to. Cause you could, everybody could take something from that. It was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, one thousand percent. I, he's and he is so humble. He's so down to earth, and just his his willingness to take his time out of you know his schedule and his day for us. Uh, just I, I, I can say it couldn't have it meant the world to me. And oh, I know it meant the world sure. to y'all as well. And, Absolutely. And you know, I just for our, for our listeners, just stay tuned because I'm I'm hoping you know every guest is going to bring something to the table just like Gilly did, because that's going to be a tough act to follow, though. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure, for sure. How about how about the Savannah Bananas, Stephen? Are you ready to go to one of those games? I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> I, so after listening to Gilly talk, man, let me tell you, I, I went back and watched some videos of Savannah Bananas, and I can't tell you, as someone who didn't grow up playing baseball mm-hmm. and going to games – Rangers games, of course, naturally a Texas homer, but it's always like the unless you appreciate every aspect of the game of baseball, sometimes it can feel slow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they and they found a way to make it entertaining for absolutely every possible fan. And it speaks to the fact that they've sold out every single home game over 150 straight, and they have a waiting list that is like astronomically long. Mm-hmm. Um, it speaks volumes. And and what better guy can you have? As as a head coach of a baseball team, than than Tyler Gillum. I mean, that guy was full of information, full of a leadership journey, things that he's taken from people who he's been around and soaked up like a sponge. All these things, uh, and and giving that to the next generation is is huge. Yeah, it's. It, I've I've talked to some people since that podcast came out, and and everybody had kind of heard about Savannah Bananas, but they went back and looked at a lot of their stuff. And they were they couldn't believe what goes on at baseball games, and it, it it just goes back to, you know, having fun and doing what you do. And a lot of times you have a fun doing it, you're gonna be a lot better at it. 
Oh, 1000%. We didn't even touch on the fact of like how successful they are as a team. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, and we didn't even, we didn't even touch on that. And yeah. the fact that, and I didn't know this and then, you know, excuse my ignorance, but so there's, so that is like a, like what he was talking about, like a TCL type team, you know, like a collegiate summer ball team, kind of like you'll find in Cape Cod or what we have here mm-hmm. with TCL. Um, so Eric Burns, you know, the ex big leader, mm-hmm. he is the coach of their pro team. And I don't know right off the top of my head who they are, the affi- an affiliate for, but you, that's going to be something you want to stay tuned for also. Cause. Oh yeah. That, you know, that guy's a different that guy's, breed right there. That dude's a character. No and um, he fits right into that, that mold of, uh, you know, what the, the bananas represents and, um, you know, just what they're trying to create there in that atmosphere at the ballpark, just Bernsey himself, man. It is uh that's a spectacle to go see Tyler. You had the, you had, you got to coach against him, correct? Well, we actually, I didn't get to coach against him, but we were at the same tournament this past summer. I mean, this past fall Maddox was, uh, in a tournament at Rockerby ranch and he had brought his 12 U team from California in. And this dude is an ex big leaguer. And he is out there having the time of his life in camo shorts, bright orange socks, and he is just loving life and coaching the heck out of those twelve year olds. And I can only imagine that guy's energy at a twelve U game and then taking it to the bananas. It's it'll be unbelievable. Yeah, I can't I can't wait, dude. That I just I follow him on social media and just the stuff that like he's done is absolutely incredible you know he's he's done those um those things that like uh, david goggins does like those death races or whatever they're yeah. those ultra <laughs> ultra marathon yeah type things yeah you know he's like an ultra marathoner like those hundred those hundred mile races for wow. sure you know for like sure. tri- triathlons and stuff like that just absolutely just like just this phenomenal athlete and specimen of a man <laughs> yeah for sure and steven speaking of death races um formula one has yes. gotten going oh yes um and again i say death race because there's no way i could even make one turn without killing myself but yeah. speak on that a little bit because i know they are basically about to be full throttle yeah they're 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 on a roll man uh all the cars are now released uh which is huge and i will tell anybody listening to this podcast if you have not followed the sport of formula one if there was a year to start following formula one now is the time because with all these regulation changes not only are you seeing multiple different avenues for teams to take an aerodynamic approach to these new regulations uh it's fantastic to see they hit the track yesterday which looks unbelievable that there are there are teams that are struggling there are teams that are that have been successful right out of the gate so you got the big three kind of like if you have a big three in any sport Mm -hmm. the big three in basketball you got the big three teams in formula one so ferrari released their 75th anniversary car the f-175 which is a absolute spectacle of a car looks unbelievable uh, took a very different approach to the to the to the regulations than most teams. Made the car a little bit wider, 
and they look phenomenal. Uh, long pace, they look good. Short runs for for speed looks great. Mercedes look as comfortable as they they've been uh, for the previous you know almost decade since this hybrid era of engines has come in. And then Red Bull had the longest pace run. They did almost 160 laps. Um, which, you know, is pretty much almost two full race distances. Yeah, that um, sounds like a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot of runtime. And, you know, the other thing, too, that people don't understand is, you know, when, when you talk about, you know, I love the fact that you referenced a death race because here's the thing, man. Like, these guys are pulling almost four Gs around a corner. I mean, the stress that that puts on a, on a guy's neck oh, uh, yeah. is, is unbelievable. you got to be an athlete to race these things. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, Mercedes, I think – are doing Mercedes things. I think they're hiding a lot. I don't think they went out there trying to display the full pace that mm-hmm. they're going to offer. Um, Red Bull came in, uh, you know, as expected, you know, as I said on our first podcast, you know, I think Red Bull are either one, they're behind the eight ball mm-hmm. and they're, they're behind on their development or they're masking something from everybody. And, the, the fact was they were they were masking some things because yeah. the car looked uh, a little different from when they launched it at the start of the month. So I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be strong. I mean, of course, you got the defending world champion and Max Verstappen's gonna race for him, and and he's a he's a fantastic driver. So I, I don't see them struggling this year as much as I thought they would. But I'm gonna call it out. I, th- I made a prediction at the uh, I posted on my Facebook and I said uh, Mercedes is gonna be nine time constructors champions. I think Red Bull are going to be off the pace when it gets to the first race. I, th- mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were last year. I think Ferrari, with the F-175, because they canceled development of their last year's car early on in the season because they knew they weren't going to get anywhere, and they invested in this car. So they are definitely, I think, going to return to glory. I think that you're going to see the scarlet red back on the podium. And I think McLaren, who ended up topping the score, topping the timesheet, uh, I think they're going to make their return. McLaren and Mercedes, back in the day, back in the 90s and early 2000s, they were dominant. I mean, mm-hmm. they had a an absolute rocket uh, of a Formula One car, and I think they're going to make their return to glory. They're back with Mercedes power now, as they were last year, but I think their, their development in the car is going to be that much better. Uh, and then a lot of the cloud's been moved. You know, Lewis Hamilton was pretty much went AWOL. You know, he took himself off social media um, after, you know, the, the crazy finish to last season. He's now back with Mercedes, seems energetic, seems ready. Michael Massey, the race director, was officially let go based on the events of last year. The FIA put out and said that what happened last season was wrong and that they do not agree with the result of last year, which basically puts an asterisk mm-hmm. on Max's title. Yeah. Although he won the driver's championship, it puts a big asterisk because ultimately a decision was made that the FIA, after an investigation, deemed was wrong. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be crazy. Um, we'll, we'll see what this whole season brings, but we got two more days. Um, uh, we got today and then tomorrow. So it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. I'm, I'll be excited to see what teams come out uh, the gate today, and what they do with their car, how much runtime they give each car, breaking in, finding out ways to develop. There's gonna be some fast development. We're gonna see these cars change throughout the year. And going back to my first point, if there was a time to tune into Formula One, this is the moment. Well, I can tell you what I've I've downloaded the app like you told me to. Um, following a little bit, do you think? Ferrari kind of 
did a lot with the car to try to get get themselves back to where they need to be, and they, that's why they kind of did a little more as far as what you said made it wider and things like that. Kind of did a little more than than probably the others did just to to get back where they needed to be. Yeah, for sure. I think um, taken back to you know a lot of a lot of Formula One is aerodynamics as well as pure mechanical speed. You know, so it's it's a lot. And Ferrari canceling development of their car, uh, their 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 current year, which was last year, uh, stopping the future development on that car in particular because they knew they weren't going to be in contention for a championship. Time in a wind tunnel is huge mm-hmm. because you learn a lot more than what anybody else ever. That's like turning around and saying, hey, I'm going to have six months in the wind tunnel and I'm going to give you three months in the wind tunnel. It's kind of like these basketball teams that almost throw the year to get the first pick, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you never know. <laughs> Team tank, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what it is. It's, it's, it's crazy, but the car looks very different than anything else on the grid. And I think they wanted to make a statement for the fact that this is the 75th year that they've been dealing with the sport. I do think it's going to make a huge, huge difference for them as a team. They've got two great drivers that are going to be in it this year. So um, Carlos Sainz is unbelievable. Charles Leclerc, I mean, this guy could have been a, a world champion if he didn't have a car that, you know, ultimately didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferrari were great. When he was behind the wheel of that Ferrari, they were super successful. Reliability was a problem. And when you can't make a race end, you can lead the race all day long. But if it dies on lap 58 or 60, yeah. chalk it up to zeros. Absolutely. You know? They must have took a page out of my book, getting wider to get more aerodynamic. That's what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I tell you. Hey, man. You know what they... <laughs> As long as I don't have a side tie on my shoes, I'm okay. <laughs> I am, that's why I don't tie my shoes, just so I don't have that side tie. That's oh, right. my gosh. We may as well go back to Velcro. <laughs> hey, you can get you some of those gray ones at Walmart. Them old men's shoes that strap over. Oh, my I'll get, gosh. I'll just stick with my Nike Grill Masters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are, those are one in many right there. You can do anything in those things. That ain't, that's right. that ain't no lie. Oh my goodness! Nike, I'm a Nike Grill Master, Lawn Master. I'm all of I'm all the things. Hey, and speaking of speaking of Masters, I know golf is coming, or it's it's here. Uh, Masters is coming up, but kind of have you seen Zane the the Saudi Arabia league that's trying to possibly take some golfers from it? Yeah, and you know Phil got in trouble for some comments that he said, but he, I guess he had to come out and apologize. Yeah, yeah. I mean that they're paying them astronomical amount of money to possibly do that, but in return they get banned from PGA for life, right? After their yeah. exemptions are over, if, at a if they've won a particular tournament. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot to this story, um, and I'll give you guys a chance to kind of you know at least let me know what you think after I kind of give you what I know. Yeah, and. The fact is this, Phil Phil had an interview with someone, uh, I, I can't remember what outlet it was, but he'd made some comments to someone saying that, you know, he questioned the human rights piece of Saudi Arabia, um, and although he didn't agree with all that, you know, and all that's taken into context, they referenced um, the journalist that was killed in Saudi Arabia, so they did reference that. And the fact is, he made comments that, you know, he spoke about all that stuff. And then he went on to talk about, after all this is done, why would I make the decision or why would I even 
think about doing this. Mm -hmm. And he said, because it challenges the PGA Tour um, to change or do something different. And then from there, you know, the PGA Tour pretty much turned around and said, you know, hey, well, anybody that's willing to try to go to the Super League, you know, you can pretty much rule yourself out of the PGA Tour. And the backstory to this, from what I understand, is Phil has had some highlights throughout his years, many highlights on his, you know, his <laughs> very successful golf career. Absolutely. And he was trying to get, I guess, footage for from the PGA, and they wouldn't give it to him because they own the rights. They weren't going to give him the rights to his footage, or that he because he said he should have rights to it because he performed the shot. I can agree. I yeah, can I mean, agree. I, I can see his understanding there, and that's where that whole the PGA tour is being greedy stuff came from so with all that being said he then went on to talk about the saudi arabian league paying all this money and doing all this stuff and now he's trying to regress those comments based on what the pga tour has given him mm -hmm. so not only is he having to go backwards on his story and he put out an apology for things that he said were taken Things that he said were taken uh, off the record and taken out of context. Mm -hmm. Well, the guy who's working on a book of his or something like that pretty much said that's not the truth. So there's no there's no real concrete evidence that's going to lock that in. But at the end of the day, Phil's apology, not once did he apologize to the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're 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 offering them like. Tens of millions of dollars up front. I mean, I'll go shank some shots for them if they <laughs> yeah. want me to. <laughs> well, that has also been brought up that, you know, talking about Phil wanting to do it, like how much of that might have to do with uh, his uh, his gambling debt. His gambling debt. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say Phil makes a lot of money. They said he loses a lot of money, too. Well, you know, I, I can only imagine. I think he moved out of California for tax reasons too. Like he didn't want to pay extra money in taxes. I mean, who can blame him for that? There, but there's you know. a lot of reasons like, <laughs> to move out of California. But sorry for everyone listening, in California. <laughs> but I mean, like it's it's true, man. People are moving to Texas from California there for goes a reason. The numbers. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. I mean, he look. He Phil is Phil has been a, a natural talent of the game of golf. I. I you know, there's rumors going around. Do you ban him for life for even the comments that he made? Like, do you give him a suspension? Like, what does all this mean? Like, he's, I think he, he tried to commit to being in that league in Saudi Arabia, but I don't think that he really wants to give up his legacy here. Yeah. But I think his comments have kind of tarnished his legacy. I don't think they've ruined it, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like the whole Tiger Woods scandal. Yeah. You know, did it ruin his legacy? Absolutely no, not. But it kind of hangs it, over your head a yeah, little I mean, bit. You, yeah, I mean, you're going to have people listening to it, you know, yeah. and you're going to have people that are going to go back and look at this footage, and then, you know, for him and his kids, like, they're going to go back and, oh, yeah, my dad made those and, comments And do you or think it kind of came up about this league to maybe, to maybe uh, get the PGA Tour to possibly come off of some certain stuff, and he was kind of threatening them, hoping they would bend, and they basically went the complete opposite direction? I think it boils down to the sheer fact that he was absolutely trying to test the PGA. He's made comments in the past around the PGA, and, and he's always had that. I don't know if it's a – I don't think he ever has a chip on his shoulder. I think that's the wrong term, but I, I know for a fact that he's always had this, like, weird 
like thing with the PGA, like they're they're either too they either take too much or you know with TV deals and and all this stuff and pay for the players and you know essentially they're putting on the show. Mm-hmm. But I don't care what anybody says unless you're Tiger Woods, purse money's not going to be as high. Yeah. So for sure. like purse money meets the players where the current state of the sport is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like turning around and saying, hey, I'm a hockey player and I want to get paid the same amount as a football player. It's just not going to happen. No. So if the person golf goes down, well, you know, then maybe we need to spice it up a little bit and bring something. And, and, and maybe his, his thought process was this Super League and is maybe trying to bring a different vibe to the game of golf and, and maybe it forces the PGA Tour to make some changes. And if that's what it does, great. Hey, competition is great for anything. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in any I mean, sport. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the that's the deal. I mean, Saudi Arabia has so much money, they don't know what to do with it anyway. So throw some at some golfers and see what could happen. Uh, speaking of paying some players, Zane, how close are we from starting Major League Baseball? Man, they, they're – they're talking right now, and they say that – so the last thing I heard today was that if something doesn't get done, like this week, open you know, opening day will be pushed pushed back, and that, you know, the season won't start on time. Yeah, because, I'm curious because we're already – they should already reported, right, to right. spring training. So, like, I guess if, if you get something done here in the near future, when I say near future, I'm using that lightly because that could be two days or two weeks or two months. But, I mean, how long do you give those to go to a spring training and train before you crank well, the season up? I, I think they're still required to, you know, do like at least two weeks of spring training. So they're still going to have like a spring training of some sort. They're not just going to jump right into the season. Yeah, end up with a bunch of Tommy Johns. <laughs> Absolutely. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's I mean it's just at the end of the day, you know, long story short, I just think, you know, they they're just wanting more money. And you know, we we we're the ones that have to suffer from it, I guess. Yeah, and money makes the world go round, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's the deal. That is no lie. But yeah, well, but you know, in the meantime, we get to get a bunch of a bunch what? more college baseball. I've watched a lot of college baseball. There's actually a game on uh Right now, I watched, I watched Rice and Houston Baptist mm-hmm. earlier, and you know uh, Lance Berkman is the head coach for Houston Baptist. You know what? I I saw that. I I think I remember hearing that, and then I forgot, and then I saw that that he he was, and and uh, um, and, and for Rice isn't uh, what's his last name's Cruz? He's the coach at Rice now, correct? Yeah, yes, sir, and. Um, but you know, there was a LSU and Louisiana Tech are playing right now. Oh, I bet that game and, sold out a bunch of Louisiana folks at one oh, spot. You were, oh my god! LSU watching the game at LSU is just absolutely insane. Playing in a game LSU is not fun. Um, <laughs> their their fans are just absolutely ruthless. I, I never had that luxury, but I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> it wasn't much of one, so. <laughs> But they are absolutely – they were ruthless there. And, but, I, I, and I know we talked about this previously, but, um, man, I watched a lot of college baseball and softball this past weekend also. And, man, at times there was some good ball, but at times there was some very bad baseball going on. I saw some really bad baseball. And and I I don't know what that's – I you know, I, I don't know if coming off co- – I don't think anybody's – you know, reeling from the COVID 
season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think everything is as far as I can tell is back to normal and you know, it's all systems go. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just saw some bad baseball. I'll watch the game. Um, you know, I think it was like, it wasn't, you know, some top tier teams by any means, but I watched the left fielder drop, uh, drop two fly balls in one inning. I watched, uh, you know, a kid from TCU, you know, run halfway down the line from third base on a fly ball to the outfield and, and then try to go back and tag up and then get hosed out at home plate for about 10 feet. Yeah. That'll, um, that'll get you fired right there. You know, then I watched him, you know, get, uh, he got thrown out again in the game on a base running mistake. He got, um, got a bad read on a, a dirt ball from the catcher and got thrown out by 10 feet again. Hmm. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if some of that is, I know it's early season, you know what I'm saying? There's the jitters and, and you know, we don't know what the weather was at some of these places. Maybe it was cold, maybe the wind was blowing, whatever. But I just, I wonder, I wonder how much it is to do with jitters and then how much it is to do with just maybe, you know, you, you, you did a little bit in the fall and now you're hit the spring full throttle. Um practicing and then you know you probably get a few inner squads but not many and then it's just like like you said all systems go and i wonder if it's just it's just getting you know all that all that out of the way and it's going to take them a while to find their stride you know but you know i saw i think another thing that that i saw that bothered me is man i saw a lot of pass balls Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know how many were considered pass balls how many were considered you know wild pitches but to me it's kind of look like pass balls the catcher doesn't uh, yeah if a catcher doesn't catch it it's a, it's a pass ball in my eyes mm-hmm. you know and there's a there's a lot of talk you know people you know the um i don't i don't want to call it controversy but there's just you know a lot of people that are against the the way catchers set up now, mm-hmm. um, you know, some catchers, they just don't know how to do it correctly. Yeah. You know, they see it done, but to actually know how to utilize that and how to block a ball out of that stance, when to use, you know, that stance with the one knee down, which knee to put down, when to utilize it, how to utilize it, how to, go and block a pitch that you're not anticipating having to block. And um, I just, I don't know how much of that is plays into, you know, how many pass balls, um, you know, we, where's, what is that uh, Facebook page that we follow? And it had that one video of that catcher letting the pass ball get by him. Go right through the five hole. Right, right through the five hole. And it was the winning run on third base. You know, he's in a, you know, he's in a one knee down stance. One knee down. Pitcher and, spikes a curveball or slide or something like that. Right. And I mean it was just the the comments on that were I, I the thread on that was very um entertaining, I guess this is the word. But there were some so people a lot of people brought up a lot of valid points on that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just uh it's that youth youth baseball page yes, and i cannot remember the dang name of it to save my life but anyway but, but yeah i mean it way. goes back to it doesn't matter if you're playing golf or baseball or football like everybody has their own ways of doing things mm-hmm. and 
there's always controversy if something goes wrong. Um, but it's just like we see well, with hitting all the time. You know, are you are you are you teaching them, and are they understanding when and how to do it, or are we just throwing the information out there and they don't really know? You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, you know, that's like hitting Twitter, going and seeing a drill on there, and then just taking it to the batting cage. Like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. Why are we doing this? Well, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, you know, and that's just, I, I think there's a lot of that going on. It's like Dr. Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, I think there's, I think there's a lot of that going on. You know, people trying to do these drills, but they don't know, um, the how and the whys behind them. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and that, and I think it's the same thing, you know, catchers with that, you know, the one knee stance that, uh, they see it done, but they don't really know how or why to do it, when to do it. You know, um, and they're not being taught the right way either. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everybody, but yeah. I just I'm saying. Yeah. And if the uh, pitchers, if the pitchers in the zone and around the zone, it makes that a lot easier for the catcher, of course. And and you know, we've talked about this before too. You know, in the major leagues, yeah, they're throwing harder, and you know, breaking balls have tighter spin and break. But for the most part, they're going to be right there around the zone. You get in college sometimes, and these guys are still trying to find their release point and their you know, their mechanics are being tweaked with. And then you got catchers diving all over the place trying to keep a ball in front, and that could get tricky. And because I, I watched Rice in Texas this past weekend, and Rice walked like 26 batters in three games. Oh, wow. I mean, it was, they could not throw a strike to save their life. And then when they did, Texas was hitting about 450 feet. Um, but I mean, Texas scored like every possible way that you can score a run. It, it showed it on the screen. Every way possible Texas had scored besides like driving a run in by hitting a triple like fielder's choice pass ball base on ball hit by a pitch with a run score I mean everything that you could think of but I wonder if that has a lot to do with it too just the pitchers sometimes at that you know in college they're trying to you know revamp their mechanics or they're trying to find that release point early on and then you just got catchers that are just doing everything they can just to try to keep it off the backstop well that too I mean it's just like I mean, it's just like hitting Twitter. I mean, they go out there and they try to imitate somebody. Well, mm-hmm. these catchers are going out trying to it, imitate Yachty and Tucker Barnhart and JT Real Muto, you know? Like, you don't just hop out there and go do what they're doing. No, it takes work. <laughs> you it know, takes, it's like... It takes work. You know, it's I, I'm not going to hop in the cage and be able to do what Mike Trout does. No. You know? Oh, you know, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, that, that's the yeah. deal. Those guys, those guys have perfected it, and they do it in a game. Um, some of these, especially younger kids, like I wish they would, uh, you know, before they start trying stuff out. You may want to see if this thing works outside of a game before yeah. you just hop in there and just say, you know what, this sounds like a good idea. Right. Wow. Oh, man, that's that's frustrating. And I know you've been there too, Tyler. We've we've been doing hitting lessons, and. Like, you know, like I'll just, I'll use my kid as an example. He'll come in there and his, his swing, it'll be just completely like, where, what is this new thing that we're doing today? <laughs> like, just what, what do we go? What, what is this? What is this move? And it's just, it's just overnight, man. And it is. I, I tell people this all the time. Kids just, they wake up one day and just try to reinvent the wheel. They don't know they're doing it sometimes. Sometimes they do. Oh, they know. Just, have no clue. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely, I mean, and it's not just the little kids. Like, 
last week oh, no. I watched high school softball because my daughter plays, and I'm getting videos from people, and I'm watching games and of girls that I give hitting lessons to, and I'm like, what are we – we don't teach this. Like, I've never taught this in my life. Like, yeah. what are we – oh, I forgot. Well, yeah. We probably don't oh, need no. to keep forgetting. <laughs> oh yeah, well that and then that's your name attached to that. And that you know what me and me and actually Chris Briggs had that conversation <laughs> two nights ago. He had some kids in their training and a coach had, you know, said hey they were lollygagging in practice and they said they were tired and like he said he takes that personal that comes back on him and mm-hmm. and, that, and I, that's why I tell my kids too like like that's that's my name out there and like. We can't just be standing on our head swinging the bat just to be swinging yeah. at air like yep. you know that's on me and that's it's on me to get it right and mm-hmm. but he had that same conversation with the you know with this group that he was working with it was like I better not ever have a coach come tell me again that you're lollygagging around and saying you're tired because that's a direct reflection of me. Yeah, that, and you know what's funny is you you talk about like getting down to doing things right. That's why I try to teach people and at least in the game of golf too is just trying to get comfortable doing the very basic things right because we're never going to get where you expect yourself to be until we get these things right mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. takes it's not man you can't you know some now I, I told you before you know when I go when I go to the range I go to the range with purpose and I can see what my game is doing that morning mm-hmm. before I go play yeah. and I go play what's happening mm-hmm. but that's 13 years, yeah. 14 years of playing this sport for a long time. And I still was never good enough to even come close to these guys that are playing on TV. But I'm pretty, I'm, I consider myself pretty good. But it, it goes down to the same thing. Like, hey, you know, you can't just magically show up one day and not stick to the core of what got you where you are yeah. and build on that, you know. And, and I had this conversation with a couple of kids the other day. You know, and again, everybody's schedules are crazy, so I don't expect them to make it in there every week. It's just impossible. But they're like, oh, I'm hitting the ball really good, da 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 So they don't come in. Well, then all of a sudden, they hit the skids, and it's like, oh, can I come in there? Well, when we're banging the ball around, that's when we have to stay in here and hold on to that swing as long as we can because it's eventually going to leave us again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like – Anything. It doesn't matter if you're throwing a football or playing, you know, shooting a basketball. If you don't do it and consistently do it, um, it's going to leave you, you know, and it's just that's the nature of it. And I know they practice every day, but let's face it, we've all been there. When you have 20, 30, 40 kids out there, you're not, and you only have a certain amount of time to get everything done, you're not going to get enough hacks and enough ground balls that you should. Yeah, we we tell the kids that every time, like, We'll have our team practice, and I tell them, I was like, hey, this can't be the only day that you're getting work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, half, half these kids are coming to see me twice a week, you know. Um, but, no, I, Tyler, you and I, we've been doing these, these lessons. Uh, been doing it for a long time. And I, I've always kind of, you know, compared it to a gym after New Year's. You know, all these kids, they start, <laughs> oh, baseball tryouts are coming up. I better start getting a lesson, you know, and then then you don't see them again. Like yeah. there's, like like, and that, I mean that's just I I yeah. It was I'm exciting January the, one, right? Exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm just you know to the people listen. I was like I'm sorry. That's just it doesn't work like that. 
It, it doesn't. It, and, just, you know, it they, doesn't work and like you, that. It, like, it happens all the – we see it all the time. Baseball, golf, those are things like – those are repetition. Like the more repetitions that you can get, like the better up, the better you're going to be. Even if it's bad, like we, you, we learn things from our bad. Like that's, that's how we get better. Mm-hmm. I go in there and, you know, I take a bunch of bad hacks. Well, I figure out how to not do it. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it goes back to the old thing, like, you know, with Thomas, uh, Thomas Edison. Well, you know, they said he, you know, he failed, well, you know, he failed, you know, 10,000 times trying to create the light bulb. He's like, no, I didn't fail. I just found 10,000, 10,000 ways not to do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, only, it only takes one way to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's I, it. I didn't, you know, I didn't fail. I just found out, you know, 10,000 ways to not do it. Mm-hmm. before i created the light bulb absolutely and i tell kids this all the time when i'm giving them lessons is, is like i need you to fail like if you are banging these balls off the back wall you either probably don't need me anymore or you know you're way better than uh, anyone has ever dreamed about being like i need you to fail i need you to feel it i need you to get better and when we when we fail you know we learn from it and mm-hmm. when we're struggling you know that that's all part of, especially in baseball and golf, like you have to take the good with the bad because there's going to be a ton of bad and a, a little good. And you just have to try to repeat that good as much as you can and hope for the best um, because it's tough. You know, like football, yes, quarterbacks need to throw, receivers need to catch. But if you're, you know, a lineman or something, you get stronger and move your feet a little bit and, you know, you don't have to do it year round. Uh, as far as playing the game, you need to work on it, but you don't have to play the game. Where, you know, baseball and golf, you you have to be at that religiously, just trying to stay afloat. You know, it's uh, you know, I I'm gonna steal this line, and I don't know who said it first, but you know, I listen to every morning when I get in the car. There's a on the podcast, and it's just a little short thing, and he's been doing this. Oh my gosh, I forgot how long. He's over 11,000 messages. His name's Dr. Rob Gilbert. It's called Success Hotline with Dr. Rob Gilbert. And uh, you can find it on, it started with a phone message. There was a phone number you'd call into and he'd leave a message and you'd listen to it. But now they've changed the format. You can get on there and um, listen to it, you know, as a podcast form, just a little three minute message every day. But he's been doing it for like 20 something years. So and he hasn't missed a day in twenty something years. That's pretty consistent, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but you know he said there's no such thing as failure. There's it's feedback. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, man, that's that's exactly it. Because you know, really, these young kids, and we've talked about this before. You know, their brains haven't developed that function that understands process. Mm-hmm. All they know is I get a hit, that's good. If I get out, that's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and that's they understand. That's just how their brains work. They haven't developed past that yet. You know, um, but it's it's hard to get them to understand. Like, no, I need you to come in here and work. I need you to grind it out. I need you to miss hit balls, because how else are we going to understand that that didn't feel right mm-hmm. if I just hit everything on if I hit if I hit everything on the screws. Like, I'm just going to feel like that that's good, you mm-hmm. know, and that's all I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know how to make, you know, any kind of corrections if I don't feel myself do it wrong every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's the yeah. best feedback too for for, for golf and and oh, and golf we, and baseball. I yeah. mean, that's just like I said, they're repetitions. Yeah, and, and and golf is one of those things. You know, you've made absolute pure contact when you barely felt the ball leave the club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's your feedback. You know, if it's Absolutely. never if it's never pure, it's it's one of those things where you're just gonna know. You're gonna know that that felt good. What did I do, and how can I recreate it? And the only mm-hmm. way to recreate it is to continue to mold yourself for whatever so yeah and, and i take that because i you know again like i love to play golf but i don't play it very often so yeah. i'll go out there and take 300 shots in 18 holes <laughs> and two of them feel good the other 298 feel like crap you know and it, but that goes so. back to not doing it but it goes back to what zane said about the whole you know people just show up on in january because because baseball is cranking back up like that's just not how this Works. It's not how golf mm-hmm. works. It's not how any sport works. No, it's it's good. you know, and, and taking a break is good. Don't get me wrong. Taking a break and unplugging a little bit, like Lewis Hamilton, he probably oh completely gosh. unplugged just to reset his body, mm. reset his mind, mm-hmm. and probably to come back with a vengeance. And that and that's yeah. good, right? I mean, he his social media presence alone has changed Formula One. Lewis Hamilton is the Michael Jordan of Formula One. No matter what anybody else says, Michael Schumacher may have had seven world championships and he may have, you know, dominated Formula One in the year that he was there, in the years that he was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully he gets to some kind of recovery. He had a skiing accident a while back and suffered brain injuries and whatever, and we haven't heard from him since. We we know he's doing okay. Uh, Just nobody's ever heard from him since that accident. But... Lewis Hamilton has transformed Formula One, and he's brought in a whole other level um, of just absolute domination to the sport, number one. Number two, he's brought in the social media presence that formerly was not part of Formula One. And it's, a, it's, it's brought in the fact that the FIA now um, have been brought in by somebody else bought out by another company to promote it, especially here in the U.S., mm-hmm. that we're bringing another race to the U.S. in Miami, which is going to be unbelievable. Oh, that, I, I, the one I watched last year with you mm-hmm. was in Austin, and Austin. I could not – it was crazy how many people were there. And Miami, oh, my God, and, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> in a sport that really – Formula One's never really had a huge presence here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been the other the other, other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been NASCAR, it's been IndyCar, it's been something other, or drag racing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Formula One's never really had a huge presence here in the U.S. Uh, ever since they had that big debacle with tires way back in the early 90s. But, um, yeah, Lewis Hamilton shutting off, probably the best thing that he could have done. Um, I think he needed that time to recharge. I think he needed his time to regroup and say, you know what? He, he made it clear. He said, no, I never said to anybody that I was uh, leaving the sport. He never once turned around and said that he was retiring. Um, he said, I just didn't say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed that time to spend with my family and put a support system around me to mm-hmm. keep me ready to go. And, hey, that's that's what it takes, man. That's what it takes. Yeah, and the whole social media deal, I mean, it's 2022, right? So yeah. that's the whole deal with all these sports, and, and that's, you know, 30 years ago, we didn't have that, right? But now, over time, everybody has a social media. Um, you know, some some do more with it than others, but you you it, it's that gets that sport out there. And there's there's no doubt in my mind that has a 
direct reflection of why the sport is getting so big is because it's out there now where it wasn't 20 years ago because there wasn't social media. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Totally get it. So now that we uh, feel like we've covered quite a lot of sports, Mm -hmm. I do want to kind of get you guys' thoughts on the Honda Classic that's starting tomorrow. Well, um, I mean, again, it's... uh, So I've been one of these, and and maybe I've thought about this all wrong over the years, but to me, this these are all like exhibition tournaments to me until they get to the big ones. Yes, once they get, (laughs) but that's how that's how I've always thought about Mm -hmm. golf. Is it's kind of all exhibition until the Masters. It's like the Masters is when. Everybody's hitting should be hitting stride, mm-hmm. getting where they need to be. Up until then, it's um, I'm not saying they're working on their game, but they are. Yeah, yeah for they're sure. working on all the little things to mm-hmm. hope that when they roll into the Masters, they're hitting on all cylinders. And that that's yeah, how that, I've always kind of thought about golf. Yeah, that's the one they want right there is the Masters. Yeah, yeah the, you 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 win that bad boy, and uh, you know you're. You will be remembered for a long time. It doesn't matter what year it is. There are major tournaments in golf, and then there are the Masters. Correct, yeah. I absolutely. mean, there are, there are three other majors that are huge, right? Of course, the home of golf, the, the you know, it's called the Open, yeah. the British Open, right? Mm-hmm. But it's called the Open. That's where golf started. Mm-hmm. It's the oldest tournament in the sport. But the Masters found a way to perfect just yeah. challenging a golfer in a way where pure power doesn't win you this tournament. Mm-hmm. You have to be soul dialed in. You got to be hitting the spots. And if you're off, you better be ready to put some plus and, numbers on and that score card. off is in inches, I mean, not yeah, yards, yeah. inches. <laughs> if you miss a spot on Story a green. Story of my life. It, <laughs> if you miss a spot on a green at the Masters, it's the difference between the thing staying on the green and rolling off into mm-hmm. the water somewhere. Is the open the one, though, that where like the wind's blowing like oh, four yeah. zillion miles an that, hour every time <laughs> they play there? That's the golf I grew up on, oh was God. playing Lynx-style golf where the wind is gusting, you have you play lower flighted shots, which is why, you know, I love getting on the tee box and having a wind that's against me and being able to play, you know, what's now commonly called the Tiger Stinger, which is that low piercing ball. It's the prettiest shot in golf to me. Because not only are you fighting the wind, you're watching this thing pierce through the air and just keep rolling and rolling and rolling, and it feels fantastic when you make it happen. I can only imagine. But uh, yeah, man, Matt, Matt Jones, dude, I, I think that's uh, that's the guy that's you know defending the Honda Classic. Um, I think I think he does well. Chance of a repeat champion is slim. Yeah, I got. It's hard for me to go against Brooksy, man. Yeah, I got I got I got to go with Brooks Kepka. I will tell you though, I think my underdog is going to be Tommy Fleetwood, and the only reason why I say that this guy has a tendency to show up, but that's that's my two. I got to go with Brooksy. He's big, he's powerful. Let him do his thing. Um, the guy's just unbelievable. I mean, if there is a face of golf right now with Tiger's absence, it's Brooks Kepka. You know, that's that's crazy because we say the. Face of golf, and we still mention Tiger Woods' name. He's but, never going to be gone, no, though. But and we thought we had it in 
a couple of guys, where it be Rory, Jordan Spieth, or Jordan Spieth, but they've just mm-hmm. seemed to, and it it speaks to the volume of Tiger being able to stay at the top like he did because these other two guys, I don't I don't know what it, I don't know if it's a mental block. I don't know what it is, but they they thought they came on the scene like, okay, these are the next two mm-hmm. Phil and Tiger mm-hmm. that's going to carry the game for another twenty twenty five years, and it's just not happened. It speaks volumes to how great Tiger's preparation was, and knowing where he needed to be, and closing out a win. Mm-hmm. Because if you saw Tiger Woods on that leaderboard, leaderboard on any given tournament on any given day, that's the guy you're putting your money on. Mm-hmm. And the great ones in any sport have brands. Yeah. Tiger Woods got his own brand. Michael Jordan's got his own brand. Mm-hmm. LeBron James got his own brand. These guys make brands. They make legacies. They reach people beyond their sport. And that's what Tiger is, the game of golf. So until Tiger officially announces that he's hanging it up, he will continue to be the face of the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. And he can say, I'm playing next week, and ratings are going to go double digits through the roof. The purse money is going to get astronomically high, and he's going to be some some form. He may not be the betting favorite, yeah. but I bet you any money, the second he says, I'm playing at, at a tournament, his odds are going to be pretty high. For sure. And Zane, I have a question for you. And then we'll kinda, yes, sir. And then we'll kind of wrap this up. but. Why do you think it's always been a struggle in baseball to kind of have that face? And don't get me wrong, we've had some faces, but why do you think baseball kind of struggles compared to basketball or football or golf in that aspect? I just, I think that, I think there's a... You know what I'm talking about, though? Oh, yeah, I think, I just think there's a, there's a power struggle. I think just the talent pool in baseball is so great. It's hard to say that so-and-so is the face of baseball mm-hmm. because they'll, you know, it's clear cut mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan, it's clear cut that LeBron James, like Steph Curry, like there is, there's no argument, mm-hmm. you know, with baseball, you know, there's so many, I think there's just so many variables, you know, it, you know, it, I, in, in, for my, for my money, it's Mike Trout yeah. just for what he's done. Yeah, sure. But, but you ask 10 people, you might only have three or four people say Mike Trout. You might have somebody say Fernando Tatis Jr. You might have somebody say Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. You might have somebody say Juan Soto. You might have somebody say Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. You might have somebody say Jacob Degrom. You yeah. know, like they're just the talent pool is so great. Yeah, and you know each player has these intangibles that another player doesn't have. You know, like well, Jacob Degrom has a different intangible than, you know, Mike Trout has. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and it, so it's just, it's hard to to. I think it's I think that's the thing, and I think that's what makes baseball so great, is that, that there's not like somebody that you could just say is the face of baseball because I mean just the talent mm-hmm. and just how they're all different and in their own in their own right, and that's what makes them great you know um is how great they are but yet how what a different player they are from each other for sure well let me me throw a challenge out to you here so in kind of how i thought thought about it right and baseball has always been america's greatest pastime 
Absolutely. I mean, it, it, history books will write that, yeah. that exact line, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There are nine people step foot on the field, mm-hmm. right? There are 11 guys that step foot on the field on the soccer field. Mm-hmm. Out of all the teams across the world, mm-hmm. 11 guys for every team, mm-hmm. every time they step foot on the field, yet the competition level is huge, mm-hmm. but there is clearly dominating people in that sport, yeah. i.e. Cristiano Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Lionel Messi. Yeah, You've got players that have come through time. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been branded right. Yeah. So for me, if the competition level in baseball, because to me, I think it's it's huge. Oh, it, it, to me, does it's this, at an all-time high. Does this not go down to the fact that maybe somebody's mismanaging these players to brand them appropriately? Oh, 100. Well, this, is, this has been the problem with MLB for however long is, is the, to me... Now, don't get me wrong. Over the last couple of years, I've seen a lot more commercials with, with baseball players in it, but that's been a big deal is they don't brand their players yes. like others. And I think another thing, too, is in football, if you have a good quarterback, you're probably going to play a while. Sure. Basketball, if you have the one or two top players in the league, you're going to win a championship. Baseball, Mike Trout can't even sniff the playoffs, and he's the and best he's, player in the league. He's absolutely fantastic. And yeah. he can't even sniff the playoffs. But then you have the Atlanta Braves last year that won the World Series, and their opening day roster – their whole outfield was completely different when they won the World Series. Yeah, and it's because I think baseball it is at an all-time high, but it's so it's such a team game. There's so much that could happen that like oh. Mike Trout, oh. like at any mm-hmm. given night can go zero for four, and then he can turn around and go four for it. It's not, it's not. It's so it's just so difficult, and I think it does speak volumes to how difficult that game really is. Not don't get me wrong. The other yeah. sports are very difficult yeah. too. I get get all that but, challenge to that was just yeah. the fact that like, you know, there there are clear everybody's gonna know who Derek Jeter was or A Rod yeah, was or sure. you know, going back, you know, before them those guys' days and talking about Mike Trout and then, you know, you're gonna have your your city heroes, right? Mm-hmm. People like Michael Young and yeah. and all and all these people. But to me, it's it seems you know there, there's there's a lot of baseball teams and there's a lot of talent mm-hmm. around the league and I'm not discrediting the crediting the talent, but what I'm saying is a global sport such as soccer brands people mm-hmm. absolutely fantastically well. Yeah, where CR7 is a brand known worldwide, mm-hmm. and is Cristiano Ronaldo the best in the world? Well, it's always going to be an arguable debate. Yes, has he won more Ballon d'Or awards? Yeah, sure, but to me. There are clear baseball studs yeah. that, to me, should have a brand to represent who they are oh, to I maybe agree. to maybe elevate the branding mm-hmm. mechanism behind baseball. And I think that that's what that's my point is: is there a branding thing that maybe baseball can take from other sports to oh, say, they, "Hey, they need if to. we really want to take well, baseball to the upper echelon, is this something that we could?" We yeah, could go for? that has been an argument for a while. Go ahead, Zane. Well, I just I also think too, and this kind of goes back. I'm going to touch on a little bit of that CBA and kind of my understanding and I could completely be butchering this is basically, you know, these guys, what I think what they're after, obviously we talked about, they want more money. Well, they want more money because like, you know, their, their rookie contract, I guess, per se, these guys get paid league minimum. And I, I didn't do any research on this, but I, I'm, I think it's somewhere around the neighborhood of 850,000, mm-hmm. which is very comfortable. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's pretty good chocolate I, I think, pocket change. Yeah, yeah, but I think um, you know, forgive me, I did I'm just 
for the people listening, no, I did not do research on this. These are <laughs> just things. These are they're not. They're just educated guesses and mm-hmm. things that I think that I've heard. We're gonna call. Um, those, we're gonna call those Zane isms. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go with that. <laughs> but I'm gonna make you believe it. So done. That's. <laughs> um, so you know, but what they're what they're after is you know they have to play for five years in order to get a free agent contract. Mm-hmm. Well, five years in the life of a big leaguer is a long time. Oh, no doubt. You, so you got to think about, and I think this kind of touches on what what you guys are talking about. Why the branding thing, the turnover rate in baseball, like every year, like man, what are we drafting a thousand? Like what was like a thousand people get drafted every year? Yeah, so that means a thousand you know, people but, are gone. Yeah, it's a thousand in, a thousand out, baby. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a, that's a it's a thousand in, a thousand out, just like clockwork. Mm-hmm. And that's not to mention, like, just you know, a baseball injury is. And I'm not saying like you know, obviously football, you know, the the injuries they're sustaining, but you know, a football player can come back from a a torn ACL or whatever you want to call it. And hop back on another team, you know. I, I'm going to throw out a, you know, a, a name. Somebody who got hurt. Um, you know, let's. I'm just. Let's just say if uh, what's that uh, Cowboys cornerback that was so great, Diggs. Yeah. He goes out and tears his ACL. Well, he came off of a season where he led the league in interceptions. Yeah. He's going to pick back up with another team. Oh, no doubt. They because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, baseball player, like let's just say. That, um, well, I'm going to just throw out a name just because I was, I was thinking about him, but Jake Cronenworth, Padre's second baseman. Mm-hmm. He goes out and tears his ACL. Well, his recovery, they're going to throw him down in like double A and triple A mm-hmm. to kind of make sure that, you know, he gets his sea legs about him, get some bats under his belt, that and the other. He might not make it back. Yeah. Because they've got three people on the bench that are just as good as he is, ready to step in, and they just drafted two other players. If those guys don't work out, mm-hmm. you know, so potentially, you know, there's, you know, and that's just, I think that's why, you know, you see the, you know, why you don't see what you're talking about, like the branding. I just think the turnover rate in baseball is just so high, mm-hmm. and it's so hard, and that that's. And I think that's why to go and think about people like Nolan Ryan, King Griffey Jr., Adrian Beltre, Cal Ripken Jr., Derek Jeter, the guys that had stayed in the league as long as they did, and to be able to, you know, for the most part, stay healthy, but to do that year in, year out, year in, year out, just as a testament to that is. That is, I think that's probably one of the hardest things in sports to do. Mm-hmm. Like I just, just if you sit and look at you know somebody like Adrian Beltre's career, like what that guy did, you know, just be able to play as long as he did. Like Julio Franco, mm-hmm. Miguel Cabrera, the fact that he's still out there doing it. Bartolo Colon, like man, these those guys are built different, man. Oh, for sure. No just, doubt. These no guys doubt. are these guys are these guys are built different, and they're just I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's you attribute it to their training or if they are just that much better than the next guy. Like that is next level 
you know, I think it also has to do with what's between the, what's between the ears. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I heard somebody say one time that, you know, you, with, you'll cut out your, your big name guys that you know at face value and you put a bunch of minor leaguers and a bunch of major leaguers out on the baseball field, you won't be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And he said, those guys that don't make it, he said a lot of it, he goes, it's not because they're not good enough. It's not because they're not good enough. It's, it's because they don't have it between the ears, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you know, you know, you think about it in, in terms of you got a guy that, you know, comes out of high school was just an absolute stud, you know, then he goes out, you know, Juco or goes to college. He's an absolute stud. Well, goes out there and his first year at double A. So he just gets, you know, he's a high round draft pick. He goes out there his first year at double A and sucks it up. He doesn't know how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and I think he doesn't, he doesn't know how to overcome that, you know, without the proper mental training. And yeah. that's, I think, you know, and I'm going to touch on that just because I just, I don't think, you know, they'll sit there and tell you, you know, baseball is, you know, 90% mental, 10%, you know, physical. Well, that 10%, that 90% controls that 10%, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely, and, and we've talked well, about this a lot of times. We don't, we and we don't even work on the mental part half the time. We're working no, on the physical does. part. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, you need to work on the physical game, just like you go in and take hacks off the tee, or you know, go and take some ground balls. Well, I heard somebody say it was funny the other day. I said, "What is it? Ninety percent mental, and the other ten percent's in your head." Like, <laughs> you know, and like that's a, that's a thing too. Um, there's just there's a lot of great resources out there. So a lot of these teams now have mental performance coaches mm-hmm. you know i i last year i took a course i'm i'm a certified um, mental performance coach now um and just what i went through with you know obtaining that and just some of the the lessons um and just some of the things that you know that 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 entails is uh, i mean i you know i read the the mental game of baseball um you know i read that like a you know read you know read my Bible and I'd read middle game of baseball, you know, it was, yeah. they were, they were, they were right there together. You know, um, I mean, I bought it three or four times just because I just wore it out, you know, reading that book. But I mean, it's just, that's, I think that's one of the intangibles that separates, that separates players. Absolutely. Is, you know, is just that, that mental aspect of the game and how to, when things aren't going well, how to just, Keep keep on keeping on, mm-hmm. and understand process and grind, and understand that it's okay that we're not perfect, but you know we just got to keep we got to keep working we got to keep grinding. Hey, that's perfect right there. That's that's what Thursday thoughts are going to be about right there. And speaking of Thursday thoughts, this is kind of a we're we're going to start doing this to kind of bridge to our to our weekly podcast that we normally do, and and I think um, ending on that and that'll be a good way to start. Um, when we have Will Middlebrooks next week, um, because just because he, you know, he lived that grind um, of the minor leagues and the major leagues and bouncing around and injuries and that, so I think that's going to be that's going to be a perfect segue into next week for sure. But hey, we we appreciate everybody again tuning in, <laughs> listening, um, and we'll just keep it going hey, and hope we can keep rolling, man. Keep Tyler, hey Tyler, real quick. Yep. Hey for for our listeners too, um, guys, my my ours like my dms are open if you have any questions or you want you know any kind of direction 
like, hey, what's a what's a good podcast besides ours, obviously, to listen to? What's a good what's a good book, man? Hit us up. Like I, my DMs are open. That's why we're here. Like we we created this is like I, I want our podcast to impact lives like some of the podcasts that I've listened to have impacted mine. And so if you have any questions, you know, or if you want to get steered in the right direction, you know, like I said, my DMs are open. You know, I don't any of y'all follow me on Instagram, Facebook. And I'm assuming the people that are listening to this are people that know that know us. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and like I said, you know, look, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on the Twitters. You know, I, my DMs are open and I, I, I want to be, you know, that, that segue, like anybody have any questions about anything, don't, don't be afraid to to hit us up. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. And that's, that's the whole deal behind this is just to, to get as much information out there. And if, if people want to, uh, you know, even if it's, even if it's stuff that people want to hear or hear us talk about or get more insight on, that is absolutely while we are doing this and we'll continue doing it as long as, uh, people will keep tuning in and we'll probably still do it after that. Now, even if you're not listening, we're still going to do this. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, hey, I appreciate you too. Um, and, uh, appreciate you brother. Well, we will, uh, we'll ravine next week and will Middlebrooks be on the show and, uh, Hell yeah. we'll keep it rolling. That's it. Be sure to tune in guys. Uh huh. Till next time, Ted high and let it fly. Boom. You've been listening to the Win big podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love your continued support. Head over to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast to subscribe and catch us on our next episode.